The stock market versus the Forbes list, which has performed better? So in this video, I'm gonna talk about people on the Forbes rich list and the Sunday Times rich list in the UK, and if the people on that list have outperformed the stock market over the last few decades. Now, before doing that, go over to adamfire.com, especially if you're an expat or high net wealth individual, and see how I can help you. Now, when people think about the rich list, they've got to remember two things. There's a before and then there's an after. Obviously, anyone who's on the rich list has beaten all the major stock markets to get on the list, assuming they didn't inherit all their money or a substantial part of their money. However, then we have to look at something. Once they're on the rich list, would they be better off just investing in the stock market or carrying on with private business? And what many studies have shown, and I've put a link below, the stock market has actually outpaced both of the major lists, uh, rich lists I spoke about. In other words, if you take the Sunday Times rich list from say 95 or the Forbes rich list from 85 or whatever, and you compare the growth of people on that rich list compared to the growth of the stock market, the growth of the stock market has actually beaten uh, these wealthy people. And it's not just isolated cases. So even, for example, someone like Bill Gates, a lot of people have actually said if he had just kept his money in Microsoft or invested in the S&P 500, the entire market, he would now have more money than he does. Now, obviously, once somebody's already wealthy, some people decide to just play at very low risk. If somebody's already worth billions or hundreds of millions, of course, they might not be interested in just beating the S&P 500 or major markets. Often they want to you know, get more income or just play it very safe and be very, very diversified. So I'm not saying everyone on the rich list wants to match or beat the stock market. However, there are a lot of people on the rich list who actually still invest into private businesses and they're still aiming for very high returns. But what's interesting from that as a follow-up is that overperformance doesn't usually last forever. So in the same way the very successful fund managers don't always keep up their overperformance, or very successful sports managers don't forever keep up their overperformance, at least usually, what tends to happen to most wealthy people is they make a lot of money in business early on, but at some stage they stop actually making as much money. Because you've got to remember a basic fact. If you're starting off in business and you've got a successful business, maybe it's turning over, I don't know, hundreds of thousands or one or two million and you're making even hundreds of thousands or one or two million in profit even, making say 20, 30, 40% per year growth on that is much easier than if you've got a hundred million business. For example, if somebody's got a $200 million business and they're making 50 million of profit per year, to get even 20% on that or even 15% is a massive amount. In comparison, if somebody's just starting out in business and, for example, last year they made 50 grand in profit, to double or triple or quadruple is much easier than kind of expanding from a huge amount. So what tends to happen with businesses over time is the very fast growth is early on and then gradually it slides from there. The percentage growth slides and eventually it gets to such a stage where it's hard even to grow above inflation, never mind to beat the stock market. 
But a lot of wealthy people, if they've made all of their income or the majority of their income from a business, they think, why should I only get eight or nine, 10, uh, 11% per year in the stock market? I've already gotten thousands of percent from my private business. But people have to remember that, as I mentioned, A, overperformance doesn't last forever, B, there's more risk, C, there's less uh, liquidity, and also there's uh, fewer moving parts. Because if somebody sells their business and they've got a liquid, well-diversified portfolio, it's very easy to manage as well. It's just online. You don't have to worry about hiring people and things like that. Now, that doesn't mean I think it doesn't make sense ever to own or run a business. But merely there's a reason why most wealthy people long-term diversify and want liquidity. I've ran out of the number of older wealthy people I've met who sold their business. First of all, they went into real estate and private equity or whatever, but eventually they come back to this idea that having liquid assets like ETFs and stocks and so on is so useful compared to having all your money in land or property or businesses and so on. And they recognize a central thing that actually overperformance doesn't last forever. So that kind of leads to another question. That's when you should actually sell out uh, of your business. But that's a completely different topic for another day. But one thing I would say is, as counterintuitive as it seems, you shouldn't assume that just because you've done well in the past in business, it's always going to be the case in the future. And I do think for private business owners, getting that diversification is actually much more important maybe than even the general population.